And welcome to Abstract, a show dedicated to abstract ideas discussed amidst ever-changing tunes. I'm your host, Abby BK, and with me today is my wonderful friend and creative collaborator, Georgia. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? And we were just saying off air before we got on air here that this is Georgia's first radio experience. Yes. Very exciting. So obviously this is like a little makeshift station, so you'll probably have bigger gigs, but I'm glad to be the first. (laughs) I'll always remember the beginning. Yes, exactly. So do you want to just give everybody listening a bit of an intro as to who you are and who's Georgia, like what your interests are, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm Georgia. I'm currently a filmmaking student at Champlain College. Abby and I met freshman year and we're both like located in Burlington. I've been very lucky that she's allowed me to work on a lot of her projects, a lot of the photos and videos behind the scenes and on the scenes I have had a part in. So yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, no. I mean, I've been so thankful to not only have you as a friend for as long as I have, but also I think it's so special that like our friendship can also cross over into the borders of collaborating. And I really love working with you and I love your creative vision. And even when I hadn't collaborated with Georgia yet, because a lot of our friends are all film majors, (laughs) just like Georgia, and I would love seeing the work that you would do and our friends as well so it's been fun to be able to be a part of the process and see all of it come to life and I'm just honored that you'd want to work with me and help me out with my crazy ideas well I mean one thing that I feel like we've always said is that we have very similar communication styles we do yeah that's part of why we're able to work together so well is because I trust you Mm -hmm. and then you trust me in that regard um Taurus, no, we're very dependable. Yes, yeah. yes, we have the same birthday. So I think that's a huge yeah. part of it. I think it's the zodiac sign because oh. Taurus is, you know, we love our food and we're very dependable. And that uh, that is definitely, you're right, like a trait in you that I would like to think I also have is just like the dependability. Like I know you'll come through and you'll do what you say you that you're going to do. You drove me to the airport at like 2 a.m., Abby. I mean, I you, you've you. driven me also <laughs> at like when you got no sleep. The other day, Georgia so drove fun, me though. to the airport when she stayed up until 6 a.m. and then she drove me at 7 a.m. So that was dedication. You know, we you know, do it sometimes. Exactly. It was just an exchange. We just yeah. start helping each other out. So do you want to give everybody a brief overview of the creative projects you're kind of up to right now or like are aspiring to start for sure so right now it's I'm a senior so capstone is a huge thing on everyone's minds um I'm currently working on three capstone films I'm producing two of them and editing one two of them are documentaries that I'm actually so excited about and they're really important stories I want to get out there and then the one the last one is more of um it's kind of like a horror so, like, I don't want to say slasher film, but I don't know how to properly um, categorize it. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, basically about this guy who finds this magical item. I'm not going to give too much away. You're going to have to go watch it. <laughs> um, finds this magical item, and basically it's almost in line with, like, a drug addiction. So it's, like, dealing with forever chasing this high and, like, these other people's experiences and kind of like the descent into madness I guess so gotcha so are these ideas that you kind of hopped on that other people came up with or did you create one of these ideas yourself as well yeah so I was originally going to direct my own project but I wasn't 
super super excited to do the script that I had written um, it was going to be more of a French mon- French inspired more mundane style which can be kind of boring sometimes unfortunately I and think I would like that <laughs> well I, oui, thought, oui. I thought it was a really strong concept yeah. but I just didn't get my um, my script together in time to a point that I was comfortable moving forward with the project and other people were already ahead of me and so I just hopped onto other projects gotcha um, but I really am passionate about two of my, the two documentaries in particular because they tell super interesting and deep stories um, about people, which s- people are just fascinating. So, right. Yeah. There's this fly that is yeah. like buzzing around <laughs> where we're sitting and it's been driving me nuts. So there's like three of them. If I you think. hear me just like shriek in the middle of this production, <laughs> just don't worry about it. Everybody listening. Um, so in terms of, obviously, you, you wear a lot of hats when you're on sets and you have different roles depending on what project you're involved in. And specifically with my project, you wore many hats and you did a lot of things. So kind of take us through what do you feel like you enjoy the most or what are the aspects of each of those roles that speak to you? Yeah, for sure. I generally don't love being on set. If I'm being honest, I feel like the days are long. I get tired. I get cranky. I want to sit down. You want some food? <laughs> no, literally. Um, but I do love a lot of different aspects. I've been behind the camera. I've been directing. Um, producers on set generally don't do as much as you think. So the assistant director actually runs the set. And the producer is more behind the scenes of like making sure crafty on time and like communication so that's a huge difference um when i'm directing i sorry that was really loud it's okay (laughs) when i'm directing i really like to work with the actors towards the story right and so i get to take more of a creative role and i've done theater for i did theater in high school i was a theater kid okay and then as a cinematographer um i was able to work on our friend mutual friend corin chelsea's film and i was the DP, and we tried to go for a more Wes Anderson style, so it was kind of fun to channel my inner, like, cinematography bro, who, like, it's like, no, we gotta go a little bit to the left, right? <laughs> um, and really focus on the image, which was also a really fun thing. It's odd because I've done a lot of the different positions in a film set, besides, um, I don't, I'm not an electrician, don't ask me to deal with lights, they're heavy, and I don't <laughs> want to break them, but... Some of the other stuff, like editing, I love being able to put the project together and have the direct feedback of what I've done. And so, and then you're able to share everything with people and everyone's like, oh my God, you did so good. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I did, of course. Eight hours ago, I'm twitching because I haven't <laughs> slept, but yeah. I love that. So I had Georgia pick five songs, as we always have our guests do, and you chose some good ones. I <laughs> Thank actually, you. Because these are ones that I like listen to a lot, and you're one of the first guests that I've actually had on here where I like know the songs that they chose, which is good because some of the other ones, I mean, I love it both ways. Like, mm-hmm. I love exploring and discovering new music through people that come on the show, but I think this will be fun because it'll be like a bit different. It'll be a switch up and I'll be able to like jam along in a capacity where I can like know the lyrics and not just be like learning something new. So um, do you want to choose a song to play? Anyone that you'd like to play first and then kind of give us an overview of why you chose it? Okay, um, let's start with Stick Season. Okay. Um, it is Stick Season in Vermont right now. So this I is feel true. Like it's very fitting. And I have loved Noah Khan since like 2019 right false confidence lives rent free in my brain <laughs> casey rice and sean Liu, i absolutely love them as dancers and cinematographers like not cinematographers choreographers right 
And so they did a song to False Confidence, and that's how I found Noah Khan. And he blew up with Stick Season. Being from Vermont, that's so cool. I live in Vermont. I'm not from Vermont, but it was just like a fun little, little fun thing. fact. I also <laughs> love bubblegum pop, and I love indie, so it kind of mixes the two of them. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Here's some Noah Khan. This is Stick Season. That was Stick Season by Noah Khan, a true Vermont classic to be playing. I love that you chose that one. And one thing that I kind of wanted to ask you about, too, so we spoke on your film endeavors creatively, but you talked a little bit about loving the choreography to one of Noah Khan's songs. And I would love to just like dive into you're also a dancer and that's a whole other creative aspect to you and your personality. So tell us about that. And then also, how do you feel like that? plays into maybe your other creative outlets like how do they all kind of intersect yeah that's a really good question so I in my family in my household my sister and I growing up were very creative people right and so I started dance actually really late um, when I was little like your parents enrolled you in a ballet class I did that and then I ended up quitting dance to do karate <laughs> and I could see you like <laughs> yeah. kicking some butt doing karate yeah. um, but over my life like I've done figure skating and I've done like I've done a lot of sports um my poor parents <laughs> she's fit um so I started dancing after my friend in middle school wanted me to go to her studio and so I couldn't do gymnastics which is what I really wanted to do my mom was like let's do dance instead so I love dance and I've continued dancing all the way up to college um I don't know how much they intersect I just know that I'm able to look at movements and I really love like the visual aspect of lines and so in dancing you have these things called lines where like if you're in a position then like your body has like a specific line to it and so especially when it comes to cinematography like the really classic rule of thirds like love it strong leading lines as all kind of intersects in how i visually tell the story choreography wise i really <laughs> i like really sad songs <laughs> my parents and my yeah they just get really annoyed that I always do sad songs like Georgia I don't want to cry <laughs> um and so I just like really telling like gritty stories and dancing is a way that it takes form and I'd also say it leads into my writing and when I have like full creative control about things it tends to lean sad but I feel like those sad stories um it's a very human experience mm -hmm. yeah I think that's true for me too I think a lot of artists take inspiration from the bad and turn it into something good and that's something that has been an ongoing theme of a lot of the people that I talk to which I think is great like that's why art is honestly like the form of therapy that's what Olive said just last yeah. time that we were on air which was on Sunday and you know that resonates with like so many people it's really special so in terms of our project that we worked on yes. I would love to dig into more of your side of things so to give everybody a bit of information I wrote a song, it's called Orange, and I came up with a really wacky idea, and I'll let Georgia kind of take over and explain, you know, what we did, but I asked Georgia to do this wacky idea for me in the form of a music video, and Georgia's also helped me with photography in the past for other music projects, and so I, I knew she would do a great job at not only the music video, but also the promotional photography for the single, too. So do you want to take everybody through what that project was like for you and I would love to know because I think it's so interesting at least from my perspective when you work creatively with somebody else and you kind of both have a vision for the same idea and you are using that same idea to create something different you know what I mean like it's interesting how 
the form of art that we make is different, but we could inspire each other. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, I we've we've been wanting to do a music video for years at this point. Yeah. Um, and for the last summer, it was the first time that we had the time to do this music video. And we barely even had the time no, then. No, it was like. so stressful. <laughs> so I have two buddies. I love them both dearly. They're amazing on set, and they were actually available as well. Shout out Liam and Max. Yes, Liam and Max. Thank you so much for putting up with me. And um, me. <laughs> so we... I get this text from Abby, and she's like, Georgia, I have an idea. And basically, she wants to write this love story about her and this orange that's supposed to, like, personify. I don't want to speak for you, but... So I didn't want to do... I knew I wanted to create a love story in the video. Very basic, but I didn't want it to be basic. And one of the things that I have dealt with is... Like a lot of songwriters, people will speculate who your songs are about. And for me, obviously, I did write that song about someone in particular. But I didn't really want to deal with, like, the speculation. And I just wanted to be, like, a fun experience and, like, a fun story about having feelings for somebody that wasn't attached to a human being. So I was like, what can I do in a way that's totally unserious and really unique and that people will remember? And so I was like, I might as well fall in love with an orange. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I loved it. Um, <laughs> I was so afraid you were going to think I was actually insane, too. I was like, I could see, I was like, I can see this going one of two ways. Either yep. she's completely on board or she, George is very honest. And I love that about you, that you would tell me if it was a terrible idea. You'd be like, abs, that's what you call me. You're like, abs, I don't think you should do this. <laughs> I was so afraid you would say that. Well, it's like, I, you gave me this idea and I was like, yeah, this absolutely works. And the reasoning behind it, I think, is what makes the like meaning so strong and the fact that we were able to approach it in such a goofy funny way because love can be goofy and like just weird in general and there is this idea that you can get in love with the idea of someone not them themselves and so I also loved that that kind of plays a role in this because it's this one scene where you're showing me this orange I don't see the value in it right right and you're just absolutely over the moon so it's like it it's really, true it was, <laughs> real context with us too it was really fun and the ending scene i think actually has a lot of um symbolism and it's special because we're just throwing a ton of oranges at you because like that's a lot of fish in the sea um and that kind of also plays a role and so yes it's goofy and like you're rolling down a hill but it's also i i think it has some really important commentary behind it and i've always wanted to work with you on a music video and you're always so down to just like do what I ask you to do on set. I as need well. you to tell me what to do because I'm actually so awkward, like in front of a camera sometimes. I'm like, Georgia, please tell me where the lines are. Like you're saying, like, please help me. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really exciting to work with you and it gave us an excuse to hang out over the summer. I know. Well. Thank God. Yeah. I feel terrible because I feel like with my busy schedule, and I'm sure you can relate, I almost need to like have a thing that I do with someone. And that's fine like I enjoy that but sometimes it just feels like it makes me sad because it's like I wish I could just like hang out and not have like something to do with somebody that makes me see them but I just feel like senior year like especially we're all so crazy busy well I was talking about this with Hannah and that we have a google like a google calendar invite weekly and we missed it like three weeks in a row because like I had a meeting she was sick I was sick she had a meeting it was just like oh well yeah exactly I'll see you when I see you so. yeah well, I just loved the whole process, too, of handing you the idea and letting you bring it to life. I know for me, sometimes doing that is hard, like having a vision. And then for me, I really have to believe 
in the work of other people and also just trust them with what I create. And for me, the concept of the video wasn't so much as pressing like on my like, I don't know, like it, it wasn't as hard for me to share that idea. But whenever I share my music, that's very personal. And I felt, I mean, I'm obviously like we're so close that I felt completely comfortable also sharing that with you. What do you kind of feel like when you collaborate with other people? Do you sometimes find it hard to let other people take the reins or what has that experience been like since you do work so closely with other people in the film industry? Yeah, learning to trust your crew and getting a good crew is huge. Um, that's why like I was saying like Max and Liam because Liam, like I can just say like a jumble of words at him and he knows exactly what I mean <laughs> and it's amazing. And Max is like... He loves to play with the camera, so I was like, hey, Max, try to do this, and he, like, does it, and he nails it every time. It's amazing. So being able to have people, especially behind the scenes, and so when you handed me your work, there's a lot of work that I had to do on the back end that you didn't really need to understand or know, like making the shot list and all of that stuff. Like, it does, it's not important to your creative vision and also knowing how much to involve you in that process as well, and the fact that you were able to hand those reins to me meant a lot as well just because like I trusted you with this and I really appreciated that you trusted me to do on my end what needed to be done and I think we had a fun little video we had a fun time <laughs> yeah. like it's a good video I'm very proud of it I hope that you are too I feel like we both are so it all ended up working out great um so one thing that I feel like we also need to talk about since we're on the podcast is Georgia is thinking about starting her own podcast so take us through what your idea is for that yeah, so I've been wanting to like low-key do a podcast for a while. I feel like I've been saying this since we roomed together, actually. Um, I remember walking down 194, and I was like, I want to do a podcast. And I just never did, and then you did it, and it inspired me to be like, oh, well, like, I can do it, too. Because yeah. um, I take a lot of inspiration from you, like just in general. I think you're such an amazing human. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> I know so we're nice. just like, each other back and forth, <laughs> but I genuinely have so much respect, and I admire you a lot in that regard, because you just do anything. Um, so I really want to. It's I have some concepts in my head. I want to have this segment called Feminist Film Bro. Right. I think it'd be really funny and having my film friends come on and talk about like the industry. And, I mean, I know the SAG strikes are over, but that would be just something fun because like I have a few friends who have worked in the industry or seen different parts of it that I'd really love to sit down and talk to them about more. And I also just want to have like a fun little podcast where I get to sit and talk with people. And I also want to just I have a lot of thoughts in my brain is what I like to say. And so I have a lot of opinions about things. And I don't know, I just feel like it'd be not like therapeutic but it'd also be just fun to like do this project that I've been wanting to do for so long yeah I mean it definitely is therapeutic even if you're not talking about very deep things yeah. I think just having like an outlet to kind of remove yourself from all of the things that you're doing and you know you're doing so much obviously and you're super busy it's nice to just fall back on something that's just for you and you're not doing for anyone else at least that's how I felt so I'm excited to see where like your idea leads and obviously once you get that started give it a shout and we'll we'll hype you up over here on abstract and Thank make you. sure everybody tunes in yeah. um so i would love to play another one of your songs so what's up next and why did you choose it hmm. okay so i think we should go with mess it up by gracie abrams we were just talking about her recently um abby and i were able to get tickets to the taylor swift heiress tour yes like next year know, in october so, so we bought them so in advance that it's insane to like think that we bought them 
like yeah. we, like once we go there we'll realize that we bought them when we were still in college and we'll yeah. be like not in college and like who knows where we'll be well it was crazy because i had signed up for the pre-sale and i had signed up for the first you were a real one for all of this no and at the first one i couldn't go because i was studying abroad in montreal and i think you guys were also still abroad at that point um and so I was really upset, and then she had another pre-sale. I was like, oh, I'll just, like, throw my hat in the ring or whatever. And then I got it. And so then we found out the night before the, the tickets were going live. And I texted <laughs> everyone who was like, I was like, oh, who would I want to go with? Who would be willing to go with me? So I texted you, obviously. And right. so I was like, Abby, it's kind of expensive, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Not really. But. And we got <laughs> them, like, discounted, though. Like it wasn't Right. Like, it wasn't as much as I know a lot of people have paid. Well, I sometimes like to go and see how much our tickets are reselling for, like, in our section, and it's astronomical. Yeah, like, I imagine. I can't even, like, ugh. But we're going to have such a fun it's time. So fun. But Gracie Abrams will be opening that show for us, and so I wanted to go into her music, and this is a song that I've been loving recently. It's called Great. Mess It Up. All right, here we go. Here's Mess It Up. That was Gracie Abrams with Mess It Up. And we were talking a little bit off air, and I had said that I had actually discovered Gracie on TikTok. Have you been discovering a lot of music that way? Because I feel like that's how I like find things that I enjoy to listen to these days. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that bothers me so much is like, oh, is that that TikTok song? It's like every song pretty much in existence, I feel, has been uploaded to TikTok. Yeah, at this point. So it's not a TikTok song. No. I just use it to find songs i think a lot of people discredit a lot of creators on tiktok and also people that do like you're saying put their music on that platform just because tiktok's sort of like a yeah it's just kind of like a joke platform you know people see it that way but i wish that, that kind of perception of it would change a little because i think i mean obviously we've seen now so many people make whole careers out of using that platform it's sort of like youtube like back in the day we never would have thought that the influencer and content creator would even be like actual jobs that would be profitable and you could make money doing. So, I mean, you are quite the TikTok aficionado. Is that a word? I have no idea. I think so. I think that's a word. Yeah. Um, I'm over here like, that sounds right, but I don't know if it's right. But she's a TikTok pro. I should have just said that and been easier on myself. But you're making a lot of TikToks. What has that been like for you? Because you just like kind of, you kind of blew up. You kind of blew up on TikTok. A little bit, yeah. So I have always like low-key loved TikTok. Um, I hated it at first. I feel like a lot of people have that experience with the app. It's like, oh, I hate TikTok. And then you, well, like, it was cool to not like it. Exactly. So I was like, oh, I'm just like gonna say that like I'm just doing this for for fun because I'm quirky. It's like no, we all are addicted to it. Yeah. <laughs> and like even if you're not on TikTok, you're on Instagram Reels or Facebook. Or it's Snapchat. the same thing. It's very much the same thing. And I was like, you know, I want to challenge myself to try to make content, right? And like, yes, TikTok, you can kind of like post whatever, it doesn't really matter. And I just posted this offhanded video of me sitting on my couch, like, oh, like I'm watching someone play a video game. And it like got 1.3 million views, That's which is crazy. insane, right? Just me sitting on my couch, watching someone play a video game with like text on screen. Yeah. But the thing that I love She's about- She's a film major. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about social media in general, is just that you can connect with so many people. Mm -hmm. And that comment section, literally, no negative comments i think i got like one that was like you know like borderline i was like okay but everyone was just like oh my gosh i missed my brother i missed my father and it was such like a touching moment that i did not expect and like now i'm like a little bit demotivated to make tiktok content i was like okay i already did that like i can prove to myself i can go viral so, like right. what's next but 
challenging myself to like make a video every day especially when you're in a rut is something that i think for artists artists i don't know why i said it like that <laughs> you gotta do the enunciation <laughs> the artists to <laughs> <laughs> so, like get over like a hump because like i said i hadn't created my own project in a while and so just being able to just like force myself to just like make something every day was actually really really good for that block yeah even if it is just like dumb videos of me lip syncing or whatever it i just, mean it's it fun get up. it's also once again it goes back to the the point that we were saying earlier that it's like a, a platform for you like you're yeah. just doing it for fun and doing it for you i think so many people just get like like online will just get hate for doing that it's like they're just doing it for fun like i think yeah. people take things too seriously and are too judgmental online and it's i'm glad that your comment section is all positive because it That's should be that should be how it is that many comments and that many views like that was unheard of and i was like going through and all of these comments are just like people reminiscing and sharing stories and i was like that's so like this is what social media like should, it be, should be for. yeah Not to, like cancel people or totally hate. just like it made me so sad because people were sharing their stories and i was like oh my gosh yeah it's really heartwarming mm. so do you think that you'll end up posting because you said for your podcast as well that you're planning on doing a video aspect to it too yes. and with that video aspect are you planning on putting that on like all social media platforms you're going to make like a separate tiktok too for the podcast i was thinking about it so part of the thing with uh, part of the thing with the algorithm on tiktok is that like so if you have an account and you're not like consistently posting on it tiktok will kind of like lower your account mm. in algorithms right because it's like oh like you're not like consistently using it and you've had this account forever so i made a new tiktok account right and all of a sudden my engagement goes up which that's crazy it's the algorithm is so weird and part of me loves the numbers and part of me hates the fact that you're kind of trying to appease something that isn't you know right. what i mean not always the most rewarding and so what i wanted to do was like make a mini podcast series so tiktok is actually moving away from short form content in general um i've done some tests with this and videos under like six seconds get suppressed and you have zero views for like four hours oh, and wow. only your followers will find it right and so that's weird um and so i don't know as much about instagram reels or youtube shorts i have to do more research into that um those algorithms and stuff but making like a three minute series like three minute video like different sections it's like a mini podcast on tiktok because a lot of people do repost podcasts onto tiktok and they actually do pretty well because mm -hmm. people want to hear people and it comes across as more genuine and i'm I feel like there's a level of understanding that I'm making content right now versus people coming across as genuine yeah. in their content. So right. Like, or like the whole death of the relatability influencer is mm. becoming a huge thing yeah. as like people get out of touch and they lose their genuineness. And so yeah. the talking and like your attitude, you can stay relatable a little bit longer, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really interesting that like the trend with short form video to long form video like you know the trend for so long there it seemed was to really do the shorter video and that was what the algorithms like that seemed to be from like a consumer behavior perspective what people like to consume and watch why do you think that is like just from your personal opinion and also it's kind of interesting i'd love to know from like a perspective as a film major too because obviously film is typically longer form um why you think that is that people are now gravitating more toward the longer um i feel like so back in the day youtube would only monetize your videos if they were over 10 minutes and so the mm. trend was 10 minutes like one second videos right yeah and then vine came out 
came out. I loved Vine. I loved Vine. I I think that was like six or seven seconds. And then Vine died, and now TikTok came out. And TikTok, like, low-key, like, the saying was it replaced Vine. But it really... It sort of did. It did, but it also, it became its own thing Mm -hmm. afterwards. And so short form video is harder to monetize i think in my opinion because like how w- why would a brand want to be on a one second video true although there is like this chinese influencer i don't know her name i just saw like this offhanded like commentary about how like she'll show a bag for like one second and like we'll cycle through a lot of video like products mm. um i think part of it is definitely attention span and people why would i watch one video when i can watch 50. Um, so that's a huge thing, and I feel as though short-form content is definitely here to stay, and people, it's not as big of a commitment, right? So, like, watching a one-hour TV show versus a two-hour movie, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of it. I don't know fully, and I don't want to speak on something I don't, you know. Right, but just your personal opinion, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I would love to play another one of your songs, so what's up next? So this is going to be one of those TikTok songs, right? Yeah, the TikTok songs. Um, Love Letter by Knox. Uh, it's kind of like a poppy... Um, it, like I said, it scratches my brain in the same way music from 2012 did. It's just upbeat, it's poppy, there's some plan words, and it's really fun. So. All right, yeah. here we go. This is Love Letter by Knox. That was Love Letter by Knox, one of the infamous TikTok songs that we were speaking on. So one thing that I wanted to kind of get into a little bit with you as well is obviously we're seniors and we're thinking about the job search and like where we're going after graduation. And yeah. it seems like that's the only thing that people ever ask you these days, which is fair, but it's a little stressful. Um, and one thing that we've been talking about just on our own time is you've been taking some like PR, marketing, kind of comm related classes, which enters my world a little bit and um, have been liking it. And I'm just curious, like what you're kind of thinking and that's been like kind of integrating into your your film mind yeah absolutely so i i think it was sophomore year so after sophomore year summer i had like the classic college student oh my gosh i hate what i'm doing i don't want to do this anymore what am i doing with my life i don't know yeah so i was like what is a good thing that i think i enjoy it would be a good not like backup plan but like something to also build my skill on and become more rounded and so I came to the conclusion I was talking with my academic professor not professor my counselor mm-hmm. and there's a few different options I didn't want to take a minor that had a ton of credits left because it was a little late for me to declare a minor at this point so it was like I think one of them was like communications one of them was like media something and marketing and I was like you know what I think I want to go with marketing I weirdly enough so I was in a production management class and that's where we learn how to like really the grittiness of like making a production right so like budgets getting grants dealing with controversy and so one of my assignments was it was like a a hypothetical situation where I was dealing with a PR crisis basically and my professor looked at me he's like you should go into PR like you're really good and he had like no comments like because he couldn't what professor was that um Scott Tuft oh I never had him no he's uh he was newer um okay I think he's only been here for a couple years gotcha he wasn't here when I first started Champlain mm. so newer professor and I was just like oh maybe and so that kind of like solidified my decision in marketing because I'd already made this decision at this point and then I was like I had like one open block and I was like I'm just gonna take a PR class Abby always talks about PR <laughs> and I would oh, fly I, I know would this love, fly just keeps hanging out 
Yes. <laughs> Got to swat it away. I don't. I don't know why he's here. He just wants to hang out. Um, but he, this PR class, I'm in it right now, and I absolutely love it. I think it's such an interesting way of approaching marketing, and I believe like I've always really been into social media, and like it ends up being earned media in the end, right? Right. Like that buzzword term, mm-hmm. and so it, my brain just like naturally went. Like, it worked for that because, like, I'm always thinking about how I'm safe online, how to, you know, not come across as out of touch um, and less, like, becoming not palatable, but right. palatable to, like, a broader audience and being aware of my perception online because digital footprint is a huge thing. I think my parents definitely played a role in that because they're like, be safe online. They were very hesitant of the whole youtube start of it google all of that aol messenger i wasn't alive during oh my gosh i I mean i I used to use messenger all the time yeah it's like skype and all of that yeah i used to do that all the time so definitely that's been a huge part and like my brain i'm like oh well this can be interpreted this way and i feel like in the past people have like looked at me funny like why would you think of it that way but in pr everyone's like oh my gosh you're so right right yeah yeah i mean i think that the worlds of pr and marketing are increasingly Mm -hmm. being kind of one in the same and i mean i'm really fortunate very similarly like what i've really enjoyed about the pr field is the ethics behind it and the fact that you're thinking of you have to have like a layer of empathy about you to be able to be good at pr and the fact that you're able to think about other people is what makes a product good like you really need to be putting yourself in the shoes of other people to actually market them something effectively or to just promote something in in the case of PR so that makes a lot of sense how do you think that that has kind of changed the way that you go about film do you feel like taking those classes has made you more aware of other certain elements to the production process so with film, one of the first things that I learned in film school was to be very aware of what you're putting on screen and who you're putting on screen and how they're coming across, right? And so I think that's part of why my brain does work in PR so well, because I think one of the first um, critiques I got on a documentary I made freshman year was that, you know, there was an like um, a Lysol can in one of the shots that I was interviewing a person with, and my professor was just like, you know, they would get bully on, bullied online for that if you left this shot in. And I was like, oh. Like, oop. (laughs) Exactly. And I never had thought of it that way. But then I was thinking, like, oh, like, people could, like, spin it as, oh, these people are stinky. And, like, obviously they weren't. But it was just, like, one of those things I'd never thought of. And so since then I've been hyper aware of, like, you know, like the classic exit signs and, like, logos and that kind of stuff. But then bringing that into PR and vice versa, having all of these people within, like, the PR world be like, oh, yeah, no, you're right for seeing it in this manner makes me more confident on film sets to be like no we have to change this or like i don't think this is a good idea or like this isn't safe or ethical at all and if you talk with enough (laughs) gusto people will believe you so Yeah. yeah well i think that's one thing that you're naturally good at too is you're not afraid to say when something isn't right and i really admire that about you because i feel like i sometimes just get afraid to like speak up even if it's just something like just working on a project like you know low stakes things if something doesn't like either creatively seem right or you know people aren't working the way they're supposed to or something like that sometimes you just have to be honest and call it out and I feel like you're naturally really good at that so I can see how that would also like infiltrate into that like really well um but we are running a little short on time and we have two more songs and your next one is a Taylor Swift song so I wanted to ask one question as to which Taylor Swift era 
do you think that you're in right now? That I'm in right now? Yep. Probably 1989. You're in 1989. I'm ready to like face the world. There you go. You know? I mean, you're like right there with her then. <laughs> yeah, <Taylor>. You're <laughs> in the same era as Taylor. I love that. Well, this one is the perfect song to play then because that's from, from the this era. So explain why you chose this one. This one has been playing nonstop in my head. And I think it's really funny that she's now coming out with all of this old like, yeah, I love it. It's so good. I'm like mean, I'm e- drinking the tea as I'm like, yes. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like totally taking it in, even though a lot of it's like ten years old sometimes. Let's not spoil it anymore. Let's just let's get into it. Make. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this is is it over now? From the vault, is it over? By Taylor Swift. We love T Swift. Of course, we had to play some on Abstract. Now you're just like basically Abby 2.0 on this show because anytime <laughs> that I'm on here, if I had to choose any songs, it would probably be like five of Taylor Swift's out of the five that I would have to choose. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I'm glad that we got to play one from the vault. Yeah. But um, as we wrap up here in the in the next couple minutes, I'd love to kind of just touch upon. One of your other talents, which is music, and you grew up doing violin. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So elementary school, uh, a violin school came and performed at my school. And then I went home and I was like, Mom, I really want to play the violin. Uh, my sister played the piano growing up. And originally we were supposed to share, but sharing a piano doesn't Yeah, that's kind of hard. doesn't really work. Yeah. And... You know, being sisters, we were very competitive, and we, like, would, like... Naturally. If my sister's playing, that's the time I decided I wanted to play, and vice versa. So it didn't end very well, and my parents were just like, okay, we'll let you play your own instrument. So I played violin. I actually started that late as well. Um, Most of those kids start when they're, like, three or four. I started when I was eight, so it was, like, really, like, thrown into the fray. And I ended up quitting the school, I believe, middle school, because I just was like, I don't want to do it on the level that I was because I was rehearsing every single day um I had group on Fridays so every Friday night my friends would have sleepovers and I couldn't go because I had to go drive 40 minutes up to a different town and play violin I'd have I believe I had fiddle and then I had chamber and then I had group so that's like and then orchestra like different styles kind of it was so Fiddle was like fiddle music. Right. Um, Fiddle and violin are the same instrument, fun fact. And then I had chamber music, which was just four people. So sometimes it'd be four violins, sometimes it'd be a cello, there'd be a viola in there. Then I'd have group, which is with other kids of my um, skill level. Um, And then we had something at the end sometimes as well. And so that'd be like four or five hours that I was just rehearsing violin. And I just, that's not the life that I wanted. And um, like this school they like train people to go to Juilliard right so like if I stayed with them yeah no I was on track to go to like a performing arts school I just didn't want to do that and so music because I've had a weird journey with it because orchestra music is very different from the music I listen to I like to say I listen to bubblegum pop right um but orchestra music makes you feel different emotions in a different way Mm -hmm. like it's very dramatic yeah um and I will always love classical music I love playing it which is something very odd I feel like people don't like see when I talk about Taylor Swift so much yeah it's like oh no I know Brahms and Vivaldi totally (laughs) yeah no I get that though because I grew up singing so much choral music and I yearn to sing in a choir again (laughs) like yearn is the word I need to use there because I miss it do you miss playing violin sometimes I have had like an interesting experience with it um won't go into that too much but 
I didn't always, I didn't really end on great terms. So part of me was like, I will never pick up the violin ever again. And then slowly I was like, oh, well, I mean, that's kind of fun. And I was like, kind of good at it, but I'm so rusty because I'm not playing every single day for hours on end. Right. So it's just like one of those things that like I can just do and yeah. I will pick it up from time to time. I just feel bad for my neighbors because it's actually really <laughs> loud. Um, I bought a mute, but you know yeah you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah (laughs) i think the mindset too with music maybe for you is now you have to find a way to make it more just like for you rather than you know for a group or for whoever else like you're doing it for your own advancement in the skill but um we're coming to the end of the show so we only have a few more minutes left and we still have to play your last song so Let's um, just give you the chance to promote yourself. Where can we follow you? How can people support you? Let all of the listeners know. Yes. So podcast isn't out yet, but it will be soon. Hopefully don't go looking for that. But I have an Instagram page dedicated just to my photography work. It's Marquee Photos on Instagram. M-A-R-A-K-I-P-H-O-T-O-S. And go ahead and give me a follow. That'd be lovely. I do have a personal Instagram. It's just my name, Georgia B. Warren. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, there we go. And I'll link those in the show notes as well so everybody can have an easy follow. You definitely want to follow her photo account. I also have it tagged in like I feel like a million things. So if you look at any of my stuff, you can probably find hers somewhere in there. But we do have one last song and then we'll do our outro. But up next, we have one of the ones that I've been listening to all the time, which yes. is some Olivia Rodrigo. Love so her. what's up with this choice? Why did you choose this one? So I was really fortunate to be able to visit the, not visit, to go to the VMAs, and I saw her perform this live, and that was the first oh my gosh. time I ever heard this song, because I hadn't been able to listen to Guts um, thus far, and I loved it, and it's been on my playlist ever since. It's so catchy, and so, so many good. people are like saying it's overplayed. I'm like, it's overplayed for a reason, because it's like, it's good. It's so good. <laughs> so yeah, so this is Get Him Back by Olivia Rodrigo, the perfect one to finish playing songs here. So this will be the last one, but here we go. That was Get Him Back by Olivia Rodrigo, literally the perfect way to end the show. We were jamming out in here. And Georgia, just thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so much fun. And I loved talking about all of the amazing things you're up to. So keep at it. And I can't wait to see all that you do, truthfully. Thank you so much for having me and right back at you. Yes. And I cannot wait to tune into your podcast. So everybody keep (laughs) tuned for that as well. And listeners, make sure to follow along on Abstract social media where I'll be posting updates and content on there about upcoming guests, show playlists and more. Next episode, as always, I'll be bringing on another guest and interviewing them about their abstract ideas. Thank you for tuning into Abstract, a show dedicated to abstract ideas discussed amidst ever-changing tunes here on the radio or on your listening platform. I'm your host, Abby BK, and I hope you have a wonderful day or night. Thanks so much.